And the motion picture is the most important art film ever devised by the human race. It is the, the art form that creates more empathy than any other. It creates our ability to step out of our own shoes. Hello and welcome to the Great Movies Podcast, where we watch and discuss the movies in Roger Ebert's seminal film essay collection, The Great Movies. I am Dylan Coyar. I'm Jana Gardner. And I'm Nick Fulton. In this week's podcast, we're going to be discussing Billy Wilder's Double Indemnity, starring Fred McMurray and the one, the only, Barbara Stanwyck. Also with Edward G. Robinson in a supporting role. It tells the story of two people who meet, one a housewife and one an insurance salesman, who agree to kill the housewife's husband for money and for love by making his murder look like an accident, which they can take out accident insurance on because there's two indemnities? <laughs> there's two indemnities. Is there... I, I think I might have an answer. I, I, by the way, I do think I might have an answer for why there's a double indemnity <laughs> okay. uh, when there's an accidental death. It's, it's okay. supposition, but I might have an explanation. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't, uh, I just, yeah, that's, a, that's as well as I'm going to be able to describe it. That's fine. It's the, the plot's fine. You don't have to worry about why. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we kind of already have talked about our history with Billy Wilder on the apartment mm-hmm. episode. So I'm just going to specifically ask what has been your history with this movie, Nick? Uh, I've seen it a couple times. I don't even remember when the last time I saw it was, but it's a movie I like quite a bit. Uh, I'm a big fan of the noir genre, and I think this is uh, maybe my second kind of go-to recommendation for the kind of old original noir. I still think mm. um, Out of the Past is probably my number one from that. Fuck yeah, era that that. Oh man, are we ever going to cover that movie? I think it's in book two or book three. That okay. movie is so messed up. That movie's incredible heard of out of the past you've probably told me about it but it's so awesome it's uh uh robert mitchum um what's her name apparently jane greer jane greer yeah yeah and kirk douglas yes and kirk douglas uh very good movie uh but this is like always the one that i kind of say right after that one when i talk about noir so i like this movie a whole lot what goes after nice. Double Indemnity? Uh, and why is it the Third Man? Yeah, Third Man's Third Man's a little bit different though. It's not. It doesn't have like the same hard boiled detectiveness. I was gonna say that's like uh, yeah, yeah. To me, that's like a There's smoother. There's no femme fatale either. Yeah. yeah. Unless well, yeah. Orson Welles is a very flamboyant femme fatale. Well, sure. the, the female character in that one is really interesting, and I. I love the ending of that movie because it's just it's so good. It's, it's great. Um, I don't know. I mean, the Big Sleep is uh, really good. That good one, movie. Yeah, that one have to be up ha- there. Have you seen Nick? Have you seen In a Lonely Place? Yes, the Humphrey Bogart movie. Okay. Yeah, that one's really good. That's high up there. We talked about that, and Matt and I yeah, love that movie. So I we still talked about seen it that one. a lot. It's another like really dark. Yeah, you know, it's, yes. it's that very dark noir, which is great. Yeah, I mean, all all of the noirs should be dark if they're not like mm-hmm. quite upsetting. <laughs> Uh, in some way they're not not really doing it right right Mm -hmm. i do have to say one of one of my favorite noirs are you guys familiar at all with the movie called dead men don't wear plaid i've heard of it yes i've heard of it it. it's got steve carell in it right no steve not steve carell steve martin (laughs) steve martin (laughs) fucking hell (laughs) yeah it's just uh, just they remade it it would have steve no they remade it it would have steve carell in it so that's fine um 
Anyways, that's a, a wonderful movie if you like stupid comedies and if you like uh, film noir. So. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. I think Barbara Stanwyck's in that too, right? I'm sure everybody. I mean, they use clips from other movies, so. Okay. I I don't. I, I assume they use Double Indemnity. I'm pretty sure they use The Big Sleep. I think on the Wikipedia page, they list all the movies that they uh, pull from. Okay. Interesting. Um, all right. So... Uh, Janet, Me? what is your history with this movie? Um, I've seen Body Heat. Does that does that count? Is <laughs> yeah. my history with this movie? Um, <laughs> no, it's just always been one of those movies that I've heard of, um, and I was like, I should really watch it someday. Um, and I think it's it's just so familiar and omnipresent that I think I kind of thought maybe I had seen it and just didn't remember. <laughs> um, but no, I definitely had not. Um, but I was yeah f- familiar with with the concept and everything. So and. Um, have only recently, well, by recently, I mean like in the past five years, started getting into Billy Wilder movies. So I was very excited to finally actually watch it. Nice. Yeah. So just follow, circling back to Dead Men Don't Reply, uh, <laughs> d- Double Indemnity and Big Sleep are both featured as are uh, like The Postman Always Rings Twice, White Heat, Dark Passage, mm-hmm. uh, The Lost Weekend. So a lot of good Dar- Have you guys seen Dark Passage? I haven't seen Dark Passage. Oh, uh, that, that's on the other one. So after we watched this last night, Matt and I were just talking about noir movies and, and Dark Passage is another one that we just love. It's I feel like it's pretty underrated. It has a very strange conceit, but it's... Uh, it's I'm going to quickly one. add it to my watch list. Yeah. It's on your watch list. I, I need to see it. It's I mean, weird. <laughs> it's Bogart and Bacall, so yeah, I, yeah. I have so, no we excuse literally, to have not seen it. We literally watched it because it was airing on like Turner Classic Movies or something mm-hmm. years ago, and the opening is very strange because the conceit of the movie is very strange, and so we're just like, what is this? And then it turned out it was a Bogart and Bacall movie, and it's, it's excellent, so people should check it out. It's kind of underrated. Nice. <laughs> Um, before we get into the movie, I do, as always, want to bring up the Academy Awards. Yeah. Let's do it. So did you guys see the Academy Awards for this year? I just started looking at them. Yes. So it Double Indemnity had seven nominations and zero wins. Some of the best movies I, I feel like that happens to. Not always, not, not your, you know... American mm-hmm. Hustles, but there are there's a grand history Ugh. of movies that are actually good that get like five to ten nominations across the board and then just never break through to win any of them. Irishman says hi. Sure, there you go. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I knew that one would bum Nick out from the very beginning. Um, so interestingly, the the big winner this year. Mm-hmm. Was a movie called Going My Way, which I yes. haven't seen. Neither yeah. have you. Either of you seen Going My Way? No, I, I'm familiar with it. I have not seen it, but I I read a little bit about it also. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not even really familiar with it uh, as a movie itself. I like I don't know what it's about. I'm just learning now who's in it. Um, yeah. but I it's I, part of a franchise, what? which is the what? really wacky what? trivia fact. Yeah, um, go, Bells of St. Mary's, Going My Way. Uh, Bing Crosby played that character in multiple movies. That's weird. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it's it's, it's very. Strange. I know all those movies, but I haven't seen a single one of them. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I, I mean, I guess Bells of St. Mary's is just a sequel to Going My Way, but it's funnier to think of them as a as a franchise. <laughs> so I know this mostly um, from Leo McCary having said that he won for the wrong movie, and he said that. Um, Make Way for Tomorrow should have been the movie that he won. Like best yeah. best picture or best director for instead of this. Yeah, I mean, 
I haven't seen either, but my my take is that this is probably more of a crowd pleaser than um, Make Way. Yeah, make Nick, way. would you describe uh, Make Way for Tomorrow as a, a pleasing film? I was going to say, I think no, you told me no. the way you described it, I will never watch it, so. It's such a, <laughs> it's so upsetting. I'm, I'm never going to watch that movie. It's horrible. It's, it's, the, yeah. it's very good. It, it's, I'm, yeah. This was another, like, Laura is another great noir. Um, that was mm-hmm. that was up. It's another one of those, like, there's a lot of, um, like, European directors who came to America in you yeah. know the pre-world sure. war ii era wilder was one um primogen was another and they all ended up making you know fritz lang uh, they all were very into these noir moody type did, movies did you see that your boy hitchcock got a director nomination for lifeboat this year yeah lifeboat rules yeah yeah, yeah that's a good movie um so just looking at the Oscar awards, though, it reminded me of when we did our first episode, which was our director's draft. Mm-hmm. And for the 30s, I was like, it's either McKay or it's going to be Wilder. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. And I went with McKay. McCary? Or no, sorry. Yeah, sorry. But no, it was James Wales versus Wilder. Oh. That's what it was. Anyway. I would but... Yeah, I, I don't know that I've seen any of the leo mccary movies maybe I you have. haven't seen affair to remember no also seems sad no i haven't seen it you, you've seen sleepless in seattle right yes I, i'm familiar with the concept of an affair to remember <laughs> you should have you should see awful truth though that's a yes that i i have had highly recommended to me also yeah hey leo mccary graduated from the university of southern california law school what shout the out fuck? that's crazy uh, fellow, Maybe. fellow USC law alumni, <laughs> Leo McGarry, him and me, we're like this. That's what you're gonna have to talk about in the Duck Soup Pod when you're hosting that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Maybe, hey, there you go. Maybe you should make a movie that's so sad that Orson Welles said it could make a rock cry or it could make a stone <laughs> cry. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, maybe going through that harrowing experience really put him in that frame of mind. But <laughs> man, I did not know that Orson Welles said that about uh, Make Way for Tomorrow. <laughs> it's great, great movie. Yeah, good movie. Uh, I will say um, on the the Oscar tip here, man, that li- the the best actress list is. Like, I was just about to bring. It's got up. to be an all time lineup, just an absolutely all time lineup. That is a wild best actress list. Greer Garson, Betty Davis, Barbara Stanwyck, Ingrid Bergman, Claudette Colbert. Claudette Colbert. That's the one yeah. I was missing. Like, holy crap! Yeah, isn't that crazy? Um. Yeah. So I haven't seen Gaslight. Mm-hmm. But I think both of you have, right? Yes. Yeah. So how would you compare Ingrid Bergman to Barbara Stanwyck? Well, the th- I think you have to look at it. Oh, my God. I'm looking at the year before, and I've, I'd forgotten about this, that Bergman wasn't even nominated for Casablanca because she was nominated yeah. for 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 Whom the Bell Tolls. Right. Uh, yeah. But she, did, she didn't win the year before. Um, I, mm-hmm. per, I think I prefer Stanwyck in this to Bergman and Gaslight, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to be mad about Ingrid Bergman winning an Oscar. Right. Bergman's really great in Gaslight. I she's, think she's really yeah, great yeah, in everything. Yeah, but this this Barbara Stanwyck performance is just, it's so fun. Like, it's such a fun performance. But that's not necessarily what Oscar goes for Yeah. Um, all the time. And plus, I, I think also, like, Ingrid Bergman is, like, truly the protagonist of, of Gaslight. If, mm-hmm. if this were, if these movies came out in 2020... 
Barbara Stanwyck would be nominated for supporting actress. Like, no, she would. You kind of she would too- be. No, <laughs> she. she would. I'm not saying that she should be. I'm saying she would be because like villainous roles, like second leads. Um, it would have been category fraud, but strategically, I bet they would have tried to put yeah. her in supporting. Yeah, Viola has a best supporting actress Oscar yeah. for Fences. Yeah. For I'm, Fences, yeah, no. yeah. where she has the most screen time of every any actor yeah. in that movie. Yeah, um, yeah, and well, spoiler alert for Fences, she she might not start out as the protagonist, but she definitely becomes the protagonist yeah. of that movie <laughs> due to her circumstances. Um, but no, <laughs> that's I know, one way to put it. I think Barbara Stanwyck is is a, definitely the co lead of this movie. Um, just anytime you have somebody where the other character is narrating and it's like so clearly from their point of view, mm-hmm. um, that's how that. Wow. Meet me in St. Louis. No best picture nom. Bull. Rude. Mean. Yeah. Wrong. Bad. I mean, I'm glad I got that screenplay nomination. Was um, that this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And Judy Garland didn't get best actress either. Oscar's very rude to Judy Garland. The, I mean. Yeah, but come on. Um, how yeah. how much did Meet Me in St. Louis get? It might just be that screenplay nomination, unless I'm, there might be, unless really? I'm using like a music. Uh, Whoa, music what, score? Is, what is happening with these score nominations and yeah. these song nominations? <laughs> they, they used to just list them all out. It's, it's if, like 20 movies. If the movie had a song in it, it got a nomination. Oh, got cinema, oh color cinematography too. So it got four. Yeah. It got four oh, nominations. Beautiful cinematography. Yeah, um, it really is. In that movie, that yeah. probably would have been my best picture of the year, of the ones I've seen. Probably for me also. Yeah. Um, I was Sad. going to ask Dylan if you were if you sort of let off bringing up um, going my way because of. Um, the shared cast member between going my way and double indemnity or if you oh no who is that. it um gene heather who plays lola who plays mm. the daughter oh and, really yeah so um the, do- the, the daughter looks that looks way 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 too old for the age well that they she cast plays her. A, she plays a teen in going my way also so she was 22 um when the movie hmm. came out or 23 so Time for my regular segment, reading somebody's Wikipedia page and going, oh, no. Um, Jean Heather, in 1944, was in both Going My Way and Double Indemnity. So great. And she was a very new actress. Over the next five years, she was in like eight more movies, um, sort of had a really good career going. And then her acting career was cut short in 1947 in which she was in an automobile accident in which she was thrown from her car onto the pavement and suffered severe facial lacerations Hmm. um and that was the end of her acting career and she went on to live a long and happy life and she went to college and she got married and was fine but it's just here you know she was sort of this like up-and-coming starlet and then was in a seemingly disfiguring car accident and ended her career so poor jean heather Uh, but she was fine she lived a long time uh, that did go better than I was expecting. Yeah, yeah, I was expecting Often, like James no. Dean. I think James Dean would rather just sure. come away with some yeah. facial scars. Sure. Although say, it probably would have boosted his career. That's I. That's kind of I was talking, yeah. thinking about that this morning. I was like, it eh, probably wouldn't have had to have ended her career if you know different circumstances. But um, but yeah. So she's in both Going My Way and um, and Double Indemnity. Good good 1944 for her. Yeah. So the movie starts off with. 
uh, Fred McMurray, who's playing someone named Neff, right? That's the name? Yeah. Walter Neff. Two Fs. As in Walter Philadelphia. Neff. Like the Philadelphia story. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Obviously my favorite line in the movie. <laughs> um, I'm just totally throwing off there now. Okay. Um, so Walter Neff has been shot. He is bleeding. He is basically on the lam from a double homicide. What does he decide to do but go to work? Go to his office. Yeah. And I, it's just I mean, it's commitment. It's, it's commitment. <laughs> I, I think it's, so it's what I like about the framing device is it is definitely confusing at first when you're like, he's sort of dragging himself in there. He's it took me a second <laughs> even to realize, like, OK, he's been shot. Um, like he has a gunshot wound in his shoulder. Um, he's talking, he's into, talking this, to the, into the dictaphone, the, which like looks looks like no, an old me. <laughs> first, she's like having a small talk conversation with the elevator operator. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. Talking about rheumatism. You know, yeah. it's a Billy Wilder movie. You got to make small talk with the elevator operator. You do. Yeah, That's really true. Do. Yeah. Or you can... But I, I do think that by the time you circle all the way back around to that, and and with ha- specifically the scene how the movie ends, it it justifies itself as far it as it sort why of makes more sense. This. But yeah, just at the at the beginning, you just have like notes of like, what the heck? Yeah, this is a weird choice. Yeah, um, yeah. So he's going to be basically narrating the entire movie in this sort of flashback sense as he's talking into this dictaphone, which I don't fully understand what a dictaphone is. It's a rec- way you record. It's just a recorder um, for di- taking okay. dictation. So back back in the day, and believe it or not, in some places with like old man executives at various places um, still use dictaphones. Um, I shouldn't say old man executives. My boss still dictates. Um, but... <laughs> I, I've, I've known ever since I've been out of law school, every boss I've ever had is, um, are all older men, um, still dictate because they just never had to learn to type. And so, um, but back then, men definitely did not type. And so they would dictate their reports or whatever they did. And then the dic- and then the secretary would, or the type typist or whatever, stenographer, would type out everything for them. We would, mm-hmm. we would dictate notes. Uh, yeah, doctors dictate, right? Yeah, when I was That's an in, when I was an intern, there were still dictations that were like you would dictate it, you would like call a number, dictate your note, and then somebody else would type it out a day later. Um, mm-hmm. Now. Uh, that's much less common than having a thing that you dictate into and then the computer type, you know, like our like phones. Text can, to speech. Y- yeah, yeah, our phones can do it. It, it does it much better than a phone does, but um, yeah. that, that's how I do my, my job. My entire um, uh, sort of frame of reference for thinking about how doctors have to dictate notes is just entirely Scully in the X Files <laughs> whenever she's doing an autopsy and she would be like so, talking out loud to herself. And I was like, and when I was watching that show as a kid, I was like, what is she doing? And I was like, oh, she's dictating notes for like a report. I get it. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's really similar to what Walter's right. doing with mm-hmm. this. Um, obviously, it's used as a device so that we can have the narrator right. voice. But in, in the world of the film, he's dictating something that presumably somebody would type up. Somebody would hear later and either type up or right. grab the Edward Jude, the Keys character, and go, <laughs> uh, like, uh, you should hear this. Although... You know, I think we know where this, if mm-hmm. people are listening and haven't seen this, I'm jumping to spoilers never, right away. But, we never really yeah. say, like, spoiler alert. I think the assumption is we're talking about a movie. The, Obviously, we're going to give away right. the end. For some reason, this one, I feel really weird being like, yeah. spoiler alert, we're going to tell you what happens in Double Indemnity. So, Inebra points this out in his review, like, 
what's his game plan here? Does he think, yeah. is, is <laughs> yeah. this like, is this just his confession or is, does he think he's going to get away with it? Because at the very end, it seems he like going to Mexico. he wants to try to get away with it. But I never get the sense that he actually thinks that. Right. Like yeah. it doesn't. No, I. It doesn't feel like he, this is his. Like, haha! I pulled it off. It's. It's. Uh, it's. Hey, here's what happened. Anyway, I'm. I'm about to die. Right. It's, yeah. It's more of like not a not a suicide note, but a like sort of deathbed confession. Basically. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes more sense. Right. Because that to me, I I love the final scene of this movie, and we'll obviously get to it. But that is <laughs> yeah, the one we are part. Get to it. That is one part where I was like, wait, wait does he? Because I was so convinced the whole time that he just thought he was, di- or you know, believed he was dying and was giving his final confession, and then when he's like, "Anyway, I'm off to Mexico," which <laughs> even Keys is like, "No, you're not. You're not going to make it to the elevator." Yeah, and I, so. do, I do have a reading of that. I mean, just like mm-hmm. jumping way ahead. That's fine. But I, like the way I feel is, he probably didn't think that uh, Keys would get there by the time, right. like. I think that he thought he was going to die before he was ever found. So when Keyes sees him there, he's like, his pride kicks in. Yeah, so, oh, got to go. You know, yeah, that makes sense. To, to me, I think a lot of his actions in the movie are him being driven by pride. So once he gets to that point, mm-hmm. he has to like, him trying to save face at the very end rather than just being like, hey, man, I did it. Uh, yeah. You can try to take me to jail, but, you know, I'm not going to make it there. <laughs> right. I will say this is... Um, this is probably the most that an Ebert essay has like really improved my appreciation for the movie by mm. reading it after I watched it. Cause I, I watched the movie and I'm like, that's a good movie, but it just, I kind of felt like I couldn't connect with it. There, there was sort of something missing. I couldn't connect to these characters. I could not figure out where they were coming from. And when I was watching it, I felt like that was a weakness in the movie. And then reading Ebert's essay where he basically describes it as a feature, not a bug, that that's just the nature of this is like, do they know what they want? <laughs> do they know why they're doing any of this? Because it, you know, you watch this, the story progress and there is a lot of why, like why are either of them going along with this? Um, but the way, and we'll obviously talk about Ebert's analysis at the end, but the way he sort of describes it, I was like, you know, maybe it is really good. <laughs> maybe I wasn't missing anything. That's just what they were going for. So. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we we get into the flashback. Um, basically, uh, Neff goes to the house of what's the husband's name? Something Dietrichson. Mister Dietrichson. Sure. Mister Dietrichson. <laughs> yes, that, that sounds good enough for me. His name is Mister Dietrichson. Um, He's credited as Mister Dietrichson, so I get oh, it's okay. not I'm important enough that. to know. I'm sure they say it once, but it's not important. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he. Uh, he, he, Mr. Dietrichson is not there, but uh, his lovely wife is is there. Um, did she know he was coming? Because she's very lewd. Um, the... No, so that that's the, the entire thing with her character, right? Um, she shows up in this scene. I mean, the first time we see her is in the towel, right? She just is at the top yeah. of the staircase in a towel. Um, and, and Neff has the great lady. He's like, I'll come back when you're fully covered right like they're the lines in this movie are so good um but, i mean i don't think so i my impression was that she does a bit of of improvising after neff shows up and okay. she just sort of figures out how she can use this guy um but i i don't know it's hard to say what I, she knows and what she doesn't 
Yeah, and I kind of wonder when she decided, like, I think before this she definitely decided she's going to bump the husband. But it's like, I wonder at what point did she realize, this is how I'm going to do it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, and also, Neff has another good line, but this part is in the narration where he says, uh, how could I know that murder could smell like honeysuckle? He repeats that a couple of times. Like, it comes yeah. back later, too, with the references to honeysuckle. Uh, but basically, um, yeah, so he says he'll come back at a later date. Um, I don't know, like, what happens? It, they ha- they do that, and then he, he comes back. Yeah, so they, they make a plan to meet again, but then she calls him later to reschedule. That's right, that's yeah. right. For a time when her husband's at work. Right, mm-hmm. specifically. Specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, when he comes back, Neff is like, he's got he's got all the moves going on. Yeah. He, no, he he's does. Like, <laughs> he's he's like he like takes his hat off and like throws it on the the chair. He's like smiling. He's almost like dancing. Around. Fred McMurray like, does some <laughs> remarkable physical acting in this movie, it's and great. I think it's because he's he's so tall, and so he's just like constantly sort of like draping himself like into chairs or leaning back onto yeah. desks, or like he's just constantly kind of like grooving his way through scenes. Maybe it's because How- I I saw this movie like you know years ago for the first time, but I always feel like he's so much older than me he's playing someone who is my age in this movie and he was they, only, they, he was 36 they call him out as being 35 like multiple times in this movie in an and aggressive I, way i did not care for it yeah and I, <laughs> I was like there's no way he's 35 in real yeah. like maybe the character is 35 but he's got it and i looked it up and he was 36 and i'm like oh man. right I'm, him and marlene dietrich both i think I, are right around that's they're like 36 37 yeah it's like, oh, I'm so, marlene dietrich or barbara sandwick i'm oh, sorry <laughs> barbara sandwick <laughs> No, just another actress who's not in this movie at all. Yeah, Barbara Stanley. Yeah, sorry. Blonde. Yeah, you know. Forties. Um, but yeah, yeah. No. How tall? How tall do you think Fred McMurray is? I, I just looked I, it up. I looked it up too. He's six. God damn it! I, I honestly expected. Okay, how tall do you think the internet thinks Edward G. Robinson is? Because five four eleven. The the internet calls him five seven. Okay. Um, okay. He's not five. There's. The scene in this movie where it's one of the amazing, all my favorite scenes for the most, not all my favorite, but I, I love all of the keys and Neff scenes Jesus with the best. Fred McMurray and Edward G. Robinson. There is a scene where they're talking in one of the offices and Fred McMurray has to like lean back down onto a desk to sit and Edward G. Robinson is standing straight in front of him and is still kind of looking up to talk to him. And so I was like, how, what is the actual height discrepancy we're dealing with here? Honestly, I... I think Fred McMurray has to be taller than 6'3". He could be. That seems like a little of an understatement. Like, that, that's Steph Curry, right? Well, it's its how tall I am. But I think it's i think it's also... Jesus, you're tall. Yeah, I think it's also Steph Curry. I think Kyrie's around that height, too. Yeah. I need to look that and up. And I mean, but... basketball players are still tall. Yeah, so Kyrie's 6'2". I mean, he's, he's like a tiny person for... Oh, my God. Some of these people are like... Uh, Chris Paul's only 6'1". Yeah. Anyway, but, and but but, but like but for uh, for the nineteen forties, a six a six foot three person is like. Uh, oh, that that's a that's a fair point. Because like I'm thinking c- in that scene, like he's 
at least a chest taller than Barbara Stanwyck. I can't imagine Chris Paul being a chest taller than Barbara Stanwyck. Yeah, is like like eighty years ago, I'm sure that like, the desks weren't as high and the cameras didn't go up as okay. high because everyone else was. Because <laughs> yeah, the average that, height was two inches shorter or whatever. Yeah, okay, that puts things into better perspective for me. Thank you. I'm, glad, did, I picked um, the, I'm glad I picked the perfect time to sneak off while you guys were talking about uh, basketball, basketball players. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, when I came back, I was like, I don't know who these people are. Excellent. Hopefully, hopefully the microphone. Well, you're, you're a Kings fan. We can talk about Darren Fox. Um, we can talk about players who were on the Kings in like 2000 to 2004. <laughs> so, your Mike Bibby's, your Bobby Jacksons. Um, yeah, but you, you, know. you live in LA though, so we could talk about uh, hey, LeBron James. Hey, Darren yeah. Fox, six three, boom. Okay. Perfect. I don't. Uh, LeBron James is on the Lakers. That's the thing I know. Yes. Have you ever seen him out and about? around town <laughs> no no i haven't seen um, him around here in uh quite some time but mm-hmm. i've i've been in the same room as him like uh, a small store and it was just mm-hmm. like me him and two dudes he was with who i didn't recognize but were maybe not taller than him but definitely bigger His like, bulk, yeah. but, like they were, bulkier yeah. than him i think that's, they were, uh, that's kind of impressive because lebron is <clears throat> bulk as bulky hell dude. He, is, he was gigantic I, like I didn't yeah. see him come in. I felt him come in behind me, and I'm like, "There's a, there's a, <laughs> I, there's a giant behind me." And I look back, and it was, uh, I mean, this was many, many years ago. But I'm like, "Oh, uh-huh. all right." What, wait, what year was it? I need to know which LeBron year this was. <laughs> it was his second year in the NBA, so this was six, oh. 16 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense <clears throat> of why he's walking into a grocery store alone. Yeah. I've, it was a poster I've, store at Summit Mall in Akron, Ohio. Nice. Uh, okay. Even better. I've probably told this story before, maybe even on this podcast, because I tell it whenever celebrity encounters come up. But um, no, the only basketball player encounter of any note I have is when I saw Magic Johnson Mm. getting a pedicure at the same place I was getting a pedicure (laughs) at. Um, He came in through the back door of the place. Sure. And like everyone went up and hugged him. He is huge. (laughs) And then he went and like sat in a chair in the back and he was there to get a pedicure. And I was like, good for you, Magic Johnson. Soft care. Um, yeah, exactly. But say, similar Man. thing where I like swear I felt somebody mm-hmm. coming into the room and then you sort of look up and it was like, oh, God, <laughs> large man, large man. How, how tall is Magic, do you think? He and LeBron are both 6'9". Yeah. Man, he's a tall point guard. 6'9 is tall. Yeah, it's very yeah. tall. Mm. Anyway, we just got on the weirdest tangent yep. of this podcast well, and that's I, kind of I an accomplishment. Say, I did spend a, mo- a lot of... Uh, double indemnity thinking about how tall Fred Murray was like it really it just so so time space on the podcast versus headspace of yes, Jenna watching the movie totally, it's, it's about totally the ratio is there yeah totally fair um yeah tall tall dude mm-hmm. um so when he comes back the second time though he starts to get what's going on and uh as Barbara Stanwyck's like oh he works in a dangerous job maybe we should get some accident insurance in case we ever drop a brick on his head (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then how possible is it to get that insurance without him knowing that we have that insurance yeah Yeah. and then fred megmer is just like my god he says maybe it needs a little help right just one of the absolute fastest movie characters to be like i'm all in like Mm -hmm. like this woman has hinted that she wants to kill her husband Let's do it. Like he needs no, no but first. But first, he has to go to the local bowling alley to think it over <laughs> and have some. <laughs> Which I, mean, I thought was great. Him. 
He barely contemplates it. Yeah. So comparing this to something like Body Heat, where it takes a really long time and they make mm-hmm. like sort of a big emotional deal about doing the murder, this one is just like, so are we going to murder this guy? And yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what was fascinating to me because I was expecting more of a Body Heat sort mm-hmm. of tortured, like, we're in love and like he's a bad guy and we should. No, she just can't, doesn't want to deal with the husband anymore and they just decide to do it. They don't even feel like they're in love, really. No, no, not no, not at all. Yeah. That's that's the. They just got the hots. Yeah, and like, and even that is limited, basically for code reasons, presumably. Like, yeah. there's yeah. there's the one scene where it's kind of implied that they probably slept together, but like, yeah, that that was one of my notes. Is how many times do you guys think they slept together? And I, I said mean, it was at most maybe one, and, and that's, that's, that's what exactly Ebert says how Ebert too. Played. Ebert's like, yeah. yeah, they may have slept together, and that would have been it. Like, they, no, they we don't see them. We only have another opportunity. Frankly, he, he's not throwing a chair through her front door. I was just, to... he's not. Unless there's like a, that, a, a, no, a scene not in the movie where he comes back at night and he's like just chucking it. That's what this movie was missing. Was absolutely him just coming back and throwing a chair through the ins- window next to the what door. What an insane movie! I should watch Body Heat again. <laughs> that movie's wild. But what what I like about the like the contrast between Body Heat and this, and and I'm not saying one is better than the other, but like in Body Heat, you really are we? No, no, I mean like this this bit of it. In body heat, oh, okay. you, you really don't know for a long time where she really stand. Like, yeah. how much mm-hmm. of this was really um, like calculated by her? Whereas in mm-hmm. this, yeah, immediately yeah. She, she's like pulling shit that you're just like, you're not gonna tell him that you're getting him life insurance. Like, <laughs> right. we know what that means. Yeah, I but- think the interesting thing is, is you, at first it's like he's abusive, he's neglectful. And it's like, she's just going to get back at him. Mm-hmm. But then we'll talk about it later. But like the stuff with Lola comes up and you're like, oh, oh no, she's just fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a long term con. Yeah. Body Heat plays more like a twist, right? Like mm-hmm. Body Heat's more of a yeah. twist movie where it's like, you know, they, yeah, they have this passionate affair and then, oh no, she was manipulating him the whole time. But in this one, she's, it, yeah, you can't even tell. I don't think it's fair to say she's manipulating him the whole time. He knows They're what's happening like, to begin with, and he's not—he's uh, not like William Hurt in Body Heat, who's like I think a sort of intentionally pathetic character. Where you're like, buddy, what are you doing? <laughs> he knows what Fermi knows what he's doing. I don't, you know. He just yeah. is. It, it seems like they're both just kind of bored, maybe. <laughs> and this is a thing to do. It's the like, best way to she's put hot. It. He's bored. He's like, okay, <laughs> like that. <laughs> kind of the driver of the plot i also get the sense in this that like i was saying about his pride at the end of the movie it's really one of those like i think at one point in the movie he he says he's thought about stuff like this before like Mm -hmm. is he smart enough to pull a scam and this is uh his opportunity to show that he's smart enough to pull pull a a ridiculous uh, like there's (laughs) multi-stepped there's a type of movie character and for all I know, a type of human being in the world, but I won't worry about that. There's definitely a type of movie <laughs> character who their whole driving force is like, I always wondered if I was smart enough to get away with murder. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's kind of something that comes up in a lot of these. Well, the rope. Yeah, it's the rope and, and more sort of like nihilistic, just, you know, thrillers where they're, the killer lacks motivation other than, I want to see if I could get away with it. Um, totally going to just edit in a something. Just want to watch the world burn. I mean, pretty much. Like that's, <laughs> I guess, I guess that's basically the, the same concept. Um, but yeah, this 
from this scene on, I mean, she she's not very subtle. And I guess it makes you wonder what would have happened if it wasn't him. If it was just sort of more of your like do 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 average kind of insurance salesman who she was asking these <laughs> questions to, he probably would have been like, no, we can't do that. Sorry, like in the plan, just. <laughs> yeah goes away like, no i have to tell him what he's signing what you're talking about is is fraud what you have you're talking about is fraud that you clearly are going to use to yeah. uh bump off your husband so another thing that comes up so basically he calls her over then and that's when they finally like one-on-one we're gonna kill the dude mm-hmm. um and one of the things he offers her is soda water and she says no and we learn later when they start doing the thing that, like, the husband's obsessed with soda water, and that's, like, all he drinks. Right. And I thought that was sort of an interesting, like, you know, the husband thinks it's great. Barbara yeah. Stanwyck's like, fuck that thing. Yeah, she's very insistent on having flat water instead of soda water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which does seem weird in that initial. It's like, you could be a little bit more polite. He was just trying to offer you a drink, and she really <laughs> shoots him down. Yeah. Um, I thought it was just interesting that they they made sure about that to bring it up back up yeah. with the husband and the soda water. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, then they go to the scene where they're they're like really scamming the husband, and Lola's playing checkers with uh, Barbara Stanwyck. I feel like everything kind of just proceeds like fairly quickly once they decide to that they're gonna do yeah, the murder. I guess it's just and a linear development. Yeah, it's pretty much just checking off the boxes of okay, now we actually have to get in a room. We have to actually sort of you know, involve the husband and and get the, you know, gears rolling. And they basically, the, the way they get him to sign it is like mm-hmm. a scam that so many people would so easily fall for. It's just... I would fall for sign, it. Sign, oh, you need to sign both copies. And then he's like, tr- all right, du- sure. Duplicate, triplicate. Like he kind of complains yeah. about having to sign a bunch of stuff, but not not enough to actually look and see what he's signing. <laughs> He could probably just read the top of the paper and be like, accident insurance. Yeah. I'm, I'm Which not saying I, accident I will say these days the problem is, this is like boring lawyer talk, but these days the problem is everything's signed electronically now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so actually this could happen easier than ever because the way a lot of electronic signing programs work is you open up the document and it just like highlights where you're supposed to sign. You sign you it. It takes you down to the next place where you're supposed to sign. <laughs> And, like, if you don't go back up and see, like, you could easily sign a bunch of stuff that you don't know what you're signing. Um, Dangerous out there, folks. You've done that? I I don't know that I've done that, but it's quite possible that I've done that. (laughs) Yeah, and say when you, like, when you buy a house, for example, which is the context and I'm familiar with it, um, yeah, it's, like, a huge problem because it's, like, you're signing just documents and just sign, 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 sign. And it's it's basically the electronic equivalent of just flipping to the bottom and just signing everything. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, be careful out there, kids. Read things before you sign yeah. them. Okay, and this is where I have to ask you, Jana. Yes. So there's two indemnities. There's two indemnities. Um, <laughs> no, so what? So yeah, so double indemnity. In case anyone's made it this far and doesn't know, basically is a clause in an insurance contract that says that when Nick's like me, I've made it this far, uh, is a clause in an insurance contract where, in the event of an accidental death. Um, the insurance payout is double. So if you insure a life for $50,000 accidental death, it pays out $100,000. Um, and what, after sort of like, so Matt, my husband, is an insurance attorney. And so after mm-hmm. sort of talking to him last night about insurance stuff, you know, he said that they don't, he doesn't really deal with that in his line of work. But logically, what would make sense is that, 
you know, um, accidental deaths are sudden. You can't plan for them. And they often would come with like additional expenses and uh, that you have to deal with. If someone is dying of an illness or something, they presumably have time to set their affairs in order and deal with things. Whereas if it's an accident, then, you know, you, you couldn't plan and you need extra compensation, basically. So that's the... <laughs> That's the best we could come up with for why this policy why would even double. exist. Okay. Yeah, why would it pay double in the event of an accident? And then, of course, it has exclusions for um, suicide or murder. murder if committed by <laughs> the beneficiary of the insurance policy. Because <laughs> um, that would be suspicious. Right. Exactly. So. If, if I remember my, uh, my knives out properly, I believe that's... Mm-hmm. The Slayer Clause, where you can't get paid for... Uh, that's a little bit different, because that was about uh, inheritance, but... Sure, yeah, yeah. that's but, but that is a very real thing in inheritance. Is it called well, the I, Slayer well, Clause? Yeah, it is called the... Oh my god, I was it, thinking that was just some like, Reed no, it's, Johnson It's basically fun. called the Slayer Clause. Um, I'm was it to named after Buffy? Yes, it's named after Buffy. Okay, I, I thought so. <laughs> oh yeah, so... No, um, no, I, that's, it's one of the, like, kind of coolest things you learn in an otherwise very boring law school class so much. We haven't had this, we haven't had this much law talk since Body Heat, guys. Yeah, I know. It's coming full circle. It's um, perfect. One of the most boring things you learn in, or sorry, one of the most interesting things you learn in an otherwise boring law school class called Gifts, Wills, and Trusts is this concept of the Slayer Clause, which is you are automatically disinherited if you yourself killed the deceased person, which, fair. I think that's yeah, a, a good clause we should yeah, have. That yeah. sounds about right. Sounds about right. Logical. <laughs> Sometimes you, you know, double indemnity, kind of confusing. Slayer Clause, pretty straightforward. <laughs> yep. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so. Are we at the murder? Is it murder time? Yeah, we're at, oh, we're well, at the murder We skipped time. just real quick. There's there's not much to the scene, but um, mm-hmm. Walter drops uh, Lola off to meet oh. with oh, a yeah, boyfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy named Nino? Uh, Nino. She doesn't, he, he does not just drop her off. He gets into his car, and there is Lola just sitting yeah. there waiting for him. That's true. And then I didn't write down any of the lines, but I, I just wrote down, like, Lola, calm them. Yeah. Calm down. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's high energy. Nino Zacchetti. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I just wrote Nino's a character. <laughs> like, good lord. He felt really out of place. That was maybe the one thing in the movie <sighs> that didn't sit well with me. Yeah, I mean, I... What was that sound, Janet? <laughs> that, was a, that was quite a sound. So, no, because I, I kind of felt the same way um, about, like, I couldn't really understand this, this plot line at all. I was like, why are we uh-huh. spending any time with the the daughter and her boyfriend who cares um and then i just kind of then felt silly when it comes yeah, it back does. and is extremely relevant to the so it's like i maybe i should have been more trusting in the movie or maybe i was just a sucker because maybe i should have been like obviously this is going to be a huge payoff in the end um yeah, because it actually is of. i mean it's it's a huge i mean that's to the extent yeah, there's a just... twist in the movie that is theoretically nino coming back yeah. is the twist of the movie yes it's just why did it have to be this kind of character? Because he just feel he does not feel like in the sort of the tone, or the I don't know. Is she just I, he just felt like a character in a movie that like really was deeper than what he was. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's either going to be like somebody who's a little too slick and suave. Mm-hmm. Uh, or somebody who's like this. And I guess we already have this. If if Neff is sort of slick and suave, this sure. all I have written about Nino is he seems like a real prick. He does. 
Zealand. Like he yeah, what's, just what's Lola doing with this dude? Yeah. Yeah. Like Lola, you deserve better. Yeah. I finally found my background. By the there way, there we go. I like that. <laughs> better background. late than never. Hey! I found my background with uh, with my beloved pyramid stacks of cans. And I think that's the next scene, actually. I do say that's why I, I pull. I was like, you know yeah. what? We're getting to the scene. I better see if I can find. Um, just just to be clear, it is um, for this is an audio medium. Um, the it's the, what. <laughs> we haven't been broadcasting this video for uh, months on end. Um, yes, so uh, Phyllis and uh, Neff go to have, they have multiple sort of clandestine encounters in like a grocery market, um, which seems to only sell things that in perfectly stacked boxes or yep. pyramids of cans. <laughs> That's it. That's it's what gorgeous. you can buy at the market. It's All I can think is, the product, like the PA, who or whose job it was that had to go there and just set up <laughs> all of those, all of those things in the store to look like that. Yeah, it's been a long day for them. It, it would have been because there is a shit ton of stuff yeah, in that. It's wild. Um, yeah. So this is kind of when they're planning the uh, the murder, and uh, Neff is doing like all these things. Like he leaves his briefcase at the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, he leaves his car with one of the cleaners, which is the only black person we see in the movie. And he was like a very happy. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I think we see a second black person, but no, we just see that guy again later, huh? Yeah, yeah it just comes back to him. Okay, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it, it, it was. It was. I mean, I'm all for you know seeing all kinds of people in movies, but yeah, yeah. If the, if this movie was. So 80 took place like 60 or 80 years before you'd be saying yes massa yeah i mean it's, there are a lot of movies from this time in particular where yeah it's it's people it's it's people car it, attendants it, or cleaning people or elevator operators or you know it's not not ideal it's a weird way to write them to be so happy and so well, yeah anyway um so then they uh the the husband's on cr- do you guys remember why the husband's on crutches? He had an accident now? of some kind. Yeah, he had an accident at work. Isn't is that the was that even what's resulted in her wanting to get the policy or or no, 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 no. that's that's why because they it, almost because, postponed the trip or why they well right and why he initially did of, postpone the trip. It's part of what tips off because like I will say I spent the so this ma- middle section of the movie where they're they're planning the murder and then they start pulling it off. Like we're kind of in the middle of talking about. I was kind of impressed. I was like, "This is this is really well thought out." Like, I think they yeah. get away with this. Like, what? Like, this is very elaborate, but it's clear. Um, but one of the things that comes back to bite them um, is this accident that he has that puts him on crutches before the murder, um, because it happens after he got the accident insurance policy, which Keys goes, or maybe it's Norton. Either way, one of the guys at the insurance company is like. If he was on crutches and he got into an accident, you know, that's basically what tips him off is that he didn't know about the policy mm-hmm. or uh-huh. so it makes them suspect that he must have not known he had accident insurance because he didn't file a claim after, after being in accident. an accident. Yeah. 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 Um, so, like you said, this murder goes off pretty well without a hitch. Uh, when, they, when they strangle it. When, uh, when, uh, they break so, his neck. Which I was yeah. confused by. I thought they'd like garroted him or strangled him because it happens off screen. And then I was yeah, like, how so- are they going to explain that? But I guess he just like snapped his neck? Like what? 
Jesus. Yeah. I was, I was picturing it. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of was acting it out too. And then I was like, that seems gross. Um, but no, it basically seems like they just snap his neck. Yeah, so Fred McMurray is basically hiding in the back seat of the car. And, Oldest um, trick in the book. They Barbara Stanwyck pulls away into some sort of back alley or just abandoned part of the railway station mm-hmm. um, and honks the horn. That's when he tells him to do it. Um, and we don't see him actually do it, and that's why I think both of us were confused yeah. about whether it's a strangulation yeah. or a broken neck. But um, it cuts only to Barbara Stanwyck and just her, like, Yes. I was going to say, it's not even a stone cold reaction. Like, she's pretty happy. <laughs> she is pumped. And it's yeah. like the best acting I have ever seen. She is so yeah. good in that part. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a handful of scenes in this movie. And this is true of a lot of movies of the time. Where there's stuff that it seems to be happening for, like, code-based reasons, right? Like, we're not yeah. going to see the murder on screen. We're not going to see them, like, in bed <laughs> the together. Ending. The ending. And I think all three of those examples, um, like make it a better movie. Obviously not always mm-hmm. the case, not not advocating censorship, but there is um, sort of like with certain directors who do better with lower budgets rather than higher budgets, sometimes imposed restraints, um, I feel like help. And I would much rather see the focus on her reacting than watch somebody's neck get snapped. Like, <laughs> I figured yeah. out eventually what had happened. I wish it had been clearer that he wasn't strangled, but I figured it out. After Decalogue <laughs> 5, like we've seen <laughs> oh so God, much, I, we've spent so much time being spent I've, with someone being murdered in a car I, I never need to see it again i am I'm, I'm good i'm full up i have a lifetime's worth of um automobile centric murder yeah it's it's true so many of these movies um, have people getting murdered in cars so this, he, detour detour yeah oh yeah yeah we're, we're not hurting for it the auto vehicular murder salesman's in the great movies universe um yeah, there's a lot. They had they had a lot of time. Yeah. Um. So they uh, he boards a train acting as uh the husband. Right. He's, they keep uh, the husband ne- in the Nef- car. Yeah. Yeah. Neff is on crutches, and that's when he jumps off. But there is someone in the back of the car that sort of sees him, yeah. not very closely, not very well. Yeah. There's there's two issues with the murder plan which again at the time i was still very impressed i'm like oh he's you know neff dresses up and he gets on the train i'm like this is so good mm-hmm. one is you know probably should have figured there would might be another person standing out back on like the observation deck where people go to smoke like that's not shocking um and then <laughs> so he sees a guy out there keeps his back turned you know tries to obscure his identity finds an excuse for the guy to leave to go in and get him his cigars or whatever um but then the actual plan is that Neff has to jump off the train so that they can then put the tracks. And what I should have realized and they should have realized is if it's safe enough to jump off the train because the train is going 15 miles an hour, maybe someone's going to be skeptical that that kind of fall could have broken his neck and killed him, <laughs> which is the first time where you're like, oh, that's not maybe it's not the perfect murder after all. Yeah. Because he kind of just like um, rolls off the side and it's just would, like, I'm good. He would have to have landed very specifically. Yeah, which yeah. they kind of try to argue, well, he was on crutches and he lost his balance and it's kind of like how you can hurt yourself diving into shallow water. Like, I mean, I guess you could just hit it at a bad angle, but. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Um, anyway, so then he gets back to the car and this is probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, Barbara Stanwyck uh, turns the key and it doesn't start. Yeah. You're like, oh, God. Yeah. Like, out of all these things that could have gone wrong, mm-hmm. 
I feel like, okay, maybe you guys will know this. I feel like I've seen another movie recently where somebody is like either a criminal or someone chasing a criminal is almost foiled by like a car not starting. Do you listen anyone? <laughs> I've seen that in something recently too now that you mention it. Uh, Does it happen to his old ass car in Kid Detective or something? I, I was like, just thinking, is that something maybe, that happens in Kid Detective? That's maybe the only movie we've both seen recently that has like a mystery in it, but... I don't think it is though. I don't think it is either. Anyway... Um, but I, I, I do like that as a plot element where it's like you can that plan happens. everything. Oh, it and might, then... I might have seen it in Assault and Precinct 13. Oh. I think that happens in Knives Out when the family's um, trying to crowd Anna oh, Anna yeah, yeah. Oh, around sure. the car. Yeah. yeah. And she can't get it started. Yeah. Um, or actually Chris Evans is the one that can't get it started. Um, but yeah. Um, that actually wasn't part of the movie. Oh, cool. Yeah. So basically what happened, they were just supposed to drive off. But when they had finished shooting for the day, Wilder was getting into his car and he, his car wasn't able to start. And he was like, ah, Fred, Barbara, get the heck back here. And so, uh, that's, uh, that's why that scene happened. It wasn't even, uh, original idea. Um, so the next day, after all this is uh, gone down, Keys is handling another uh, accident insurance almost, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, it's just a different insurance investigation of, of some kind, yeah. And that person seems totally fine, and Keys is just not buying it. Like, I, I wonder if every person that has Keys as an uh, as an insurance yeah. Investigator. Uh, person... Yeah, every time they're just like, oh, I broke my ankle. He's like, ah! I don't believe it. It's the most extreme example. I mean, so the, the joke about insurance companies, right, is like they're entirely in the business of not paying Hang out, out on policies. Yeah. Like that's how insurance companies stay in business is by not paying out. Um, but it's really this whole concept, which you see a, ha- a handful of times. It comes up in other movies. I always think about like a movie that maybe only I love, Ocean's 8, um, like has an entire character who in that case is played by James Corden little bit of a downgrade from oh. Edward G. Robinson over here. <laughs> but that has like where maybe the cops don't care, but the insurance investigator, that's who cares. Like that's who's <laughs> really going to get to the bottom of the mystery. The cops might write it off, but the insurance investigator, he's on the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was just wondering like how many uh, claims that Keys gets that he's just like, okay. Hi, Matt. Yeah. Please come. <laughs> Matt's back from his run. Hi, Matt. <laughs> but keys has like the little guy so if the little guy is fine then he's like yeah we'll pay it out but it's the little little guy that's like in his stomach or whatever his uh his gut instinct basically yeah um yeah so where am i in the notes Um, you know so the day after yeah well basically the day oh yeah and then they get they go into the office and and start they're gonna have to deal with the claim Mm -hmm. um and they they kind of talked with their boss, and their boss can is we, like, ah. Can we talk about the boss for a second? <laughs> can we talk about and how much of an idiot he is? And he's in that actor is in a different movie than everybody else. Like I don't yeah. know, I don't. Know. It was kind of like the Nino thing, where it's just like, what, what, what? Like I don't, I don't know that man. He, I don't want to say he's like a bad actor, but just the choices. It was like, I mean, he was he was uh, shouting out to the the cheap seats basically with that entire. It's like I've got one scene in this movie. I'm making it count. Make the most of it, and you will remember it. And you know what? I did. 
Um, but yeah, he's just, he, he's, he thinks he's yeah. being like Viola Davis in doubt. He's or something. very over, like he's very, uh, yeah, dramatic, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I liked mm-hmm. that scene, but I was kind of laughing at the, <laughs> at that. Yeah. At Norton. I think it's supposed to be kind of comical yeah. because he's so, he's so sure. And he, he, he's like, he's not even going to like say his plan out to keys and, uh, to death. He's mm-hmm. just like, don't worry about it. He, he's got him. it handled. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, ma'am, your husband committed suicide. Yeah. And Barbara Stamnick's just looking at this man like, that's the best you got? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's so good in this scene, though, when he, he thinks oh, she he's going to spring one on her and calls her in to confront her. And she just, she does, I mean, and Neff says this to her, she plays it perfectly. Like, yeah. that's the most convincing I think she is in the whole scam. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, I'll take you to court. Um, but Neff's like, don't do that. Yeah, Neff's whole thing is like... He, you don't want to he, do this anymore. No, He knows that they shouldn't... Well, especially once, you know, um, Keyes starts getting on it. He's like, this is not worth the risk. Like, once the spotlight's on you, like, you don't, you don't want to sue for this, but... Yeah. Basically, after this is sort of when Lola comes back into the I was going to say, this is though. when Lola comes back, yeah. Um, and slowly, you start to sort of realize uh, in this conversation with Lola that, like... You know, my my father died, or no, my first my uh, her mom my first, died. Uh, mom, yeah, sorry, her first dad mom. dies too. Her mom, yeah, yeah, um, died under suspicious circumstances. Like she suddenly became ill, and then she like her nurse was like supposed to be taking care of her, but kept leaving the window open, and it made mm-hmm. like the sickness get worse. And slowly she died. And it's like, and then nurse was. Phyllis! I was like, Which, oh no. I, I felt like I already knew that by that point in the movie. I couldn't remember if Phyllis had mentioned like being a nurse or something, but I was like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously Phyllis <laughs> killed her mom. Um, yeah. But <laughs> but that scene is pretty funny when she tells this like long and dramatic story of, you know, poor poor Lola. She, she's gone through a rough time losing both of her parents now. Yeah. Both probably to murder. Yeah, both probably to murder by the same person. Yeah. <laughs> That's rough yeah. stuff. <laughs> What I think is interesting is that she says she caught Phyllis trying on a black hat and veil before her dad died. Which, so is she, is she just like, she's just like, fuck it. I want to see how this looks. Well, so that's, okay, yeah, I, I can kind of believe it because, yeah, she's very into this it's whole plan. Sandwich. Yeah, so she's like, let me check it out. But man, what an unforced error in this yeah. whole thing. <laughs> like, like, wait, will you know, no, lock your door if you're going to try on your your widow morning look before actually murdering your husband. Because, um, yeah, that's, that's a pretty big mistake. But I kind of buy it just yeah. because she is so into this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we also learn that like Lola is gonna sort of get the inheritance instead, and so Phyllis is gonna have to bump off Lola as well. Yeah. So this is when we get this sort of extended sequence here, where it's just Neff and Lola hanging out a bunch. Yeah. Like he just sort of starts. And, and there's her one out part where they're around town. Yeah, and they're like on like this cliffside, yeah, and he's like they, leaning up against this like. They go to the Hollywood. They, like an electrical box. Well, they also they go to the cliffs above or the the hills above the Hollywood Bowl, um, yeah. big concert venue, which is like set in the hills, um, and like yeah, they basically are up on this big hill, and you can just see down, which is you know pretty romantic, it's honestly. A gorgeous shot. It's a gorgeous shot. It would be no, a very we're not talking about the Lola friend romance. Um, <laughs> but I was never quite sure. Too much. Well, and it comes back to that I'm never sure what Neff is thinking in this whole movie, yeah. right? Like, 
does he how much of it is to save his own skin does he care about lola does it start as one and turn into the other he says at one point that he wants to keep lola in a good mood so that she won't rat so basically so she'll forget that her Mm -hmm. stepmother killed her dad Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's the type yeah. of thing that you forget about if you're like going out to get ice cream mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, as long as someone's being nice to you, you'll forget that someone probably killed both your parents. Mm-hmm. Oh, we skipped past uh, one of my favorite scenes, mm-hmm. which is the it's the the other scene of uh, Keys talking to mm-hmm. Neff about his suspicions, but not the one at the office. The scene where he's at his house. Oh, has that already happened? Okay, I love that scene. We should talk about yeah, that, that was the scene. I think that was the scene before um, Lola and him sort of like mm-hmm. reconnect. So, Dylan, uh, I'm just circling back to one scene before where um, Neff has Keys come over to his house while he's waiting for Phyllis to come. Mm-hmm. And then I just I love the visual of her coming to the house or coming to the apartment and having to hide behind the door outside of the it's apartment it's the yeah. best staging yeah, yeah. It's great. well and that, that is hitchcock level suspense yeah because what yeah so they've they've arranged to meet and that's like okay phyllis you can come here but no one you know make sure no one sees you and then keys shows up uh, of course and, and you're just, just like oh and god what's gonna happen and what neff does and you know basically is like, he leaves the door cracked and so that when she comes up, she can hear them talking. And he definitely says, "Keys, well, Keys, the thing about this Keys. Mm-hmm. And so when she shows up, she knows to sort of hide outside. But that entire sequence, and especially, like, when, like, she's hiding behind the door and at one point sort of has to, like, grab the door to, like, when he's Keys is going to the elevator and just sort of stay yeah. in the hallway. Oh, it's so good. That's probably my best scene in the movie. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wow. It's really good. That's cinema. Indeed. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, because that's their first. Yeah, well, that's sort of the first Keys conf- confrontation, and this it ra- this is where it sort of raises a question of what does Keys know? What does he suspect? Like, I don't yeah. think he suspects Neff I don't at really this think point. He's I think onto he it. just val- I mean, he really likes Neff. Like, he values mm-hmm. him as yeah. a as a colleague and a friend. Um, and so we'll talk about how he defines his feelings with Neff. Yes, at the end. I was going to say, I, colleague and friend is just. <laughs> one angle that this is coming from um but yeah even and then it's the second sort of confrontation at the office right where he says i want to you know there's been a development uh about Mm -hmm. the the case where we re-meet our friend from the the train (laughs) from the train from medford oregon (laughs) he's a medford man yeah okay i wrote that down he's like i i would know what i'm talking about i talk about with uh with uh He's uh, like he's like I have a principal. I'm a Medford man. It's like, have either of you ever been to Medford, Oregon? I have not. No. It's very beautiful. It's a it's a very very pretty well, part most of Oregon. Is. Oregon. It, I know. Yeah. Like um, it, it has a a shake, annual Shakespeare festival that I I went to on a class field trip when I was in junior high. I was just about to say I don't think you were a big Shakespeare person. Jane. Yeah, I, I I don't not like Shakespeare. <laughs> But I, I I can't imagine you like getting in your car and oh, driving traveling to, to a Shakespeare. But no, I have. But there's a lot of Shakespeare festivals in in the Northern California and, and Pacific Northwest. So I've actually have mm-hmm. attended multiple Shakespeare festivals. Um, but that one was a was a school field trip up in mm-hmm. up in Medford, what, Oregon. What Shakespeare did you see in, in there? Um, King Lear. 
Um, oh, yeah. I saw there. It was really good. Um, Coriolanus I saw there. Heck yeah. Um, which was really good. Those were the two that I remember. They also, like, you know, there was also a couple of non-Shakespeare plays that we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, but those were the two big. And then I've... Uh, Lake Tahoe also has a Shakespeare festival. Um, and I've seen a bunch of... I've seen Romeo and Juliet there. I've seen Much Ado. I've seen yes. uh, Twelfth Night. Um, nice. Yeah. So, you know, that's... <laughs> Shakespeare... We're tangenty today. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I've now listed out different types of citrus and different Shakespeare plays. <laughs> Doing great. And basketball players' heights. And basketball players and how tall they are. And, you know, you and where we've seen sit- them in real life. You know you mentioning citrus means I have to leave it in. No, it's it's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cliffhanger. Uh, people, people won't know what I'm talking about. Mm, I'll be intrigued. Mm, sure. All right. Okay. Sorry. Back to the movie. Yeah. Anyway, this is kind of when the biggest, like, twist development sort of happens after this, when we sort of realize that uh, Nino is seeing Phyllis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> seeing <laughs> Yeah, Nino. Nino comes back. <laughs> Not a good guy. No. That guy's a chump. Yeah. Yeah. I so is is it Keys? I'm trying to remember who fe- oh or maybe Lola figures it out. She figures out what's happening with Nino. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh basically that's like uh sort of the way that uh Phyllis is gonna try to Knock Lola off, right? Lola and or Neff. Um, maybe clean up all of her loose ends here. Uh, and or Nino. Well, I was going to say, yeah, she might just leave them all. Um, but the Nino thing also comes back or becomes relevant because in that the second Keys confrontation where Keys has Neff come to the office and we meet our Medford man, he basically is shown a picture of what the real Mr. Dietrichson looks like. And he goes, that's not the guy. Like, I only saw his oh, yeah. back. Sorry, he I was, forgot about He that. was younger than that. Like, that's not yeah. the guy. And so as soon as, and that's where the ages come. Oh, he was, oh, Mr. Dietrichson was 50. And the, the guy you saw was about 15 years younger than that. And so Neff being 35 <laughs> comes back up again. Um, but then that's, yeah, where it starts um, sort of un- unraveling a little bit there. Or even mm-hmm. more, I should say their story yeah. that it was a so now he's basically no or he figures out that it wasn't even Dietrichson on the train and there was an impersonator and they keep calling he keeps calling him like the other person right <laughs> he keeps being he keeps being like you know mrs Dietrichson and the other person um when talking to neff about it i think by the way especially that you're talking this is the part where the movie just gets a little convoluted i know the the final the final like sequence <laughs> Sort of. Like any good noir movie, you sort of have to be like, wait, who knew what? And what was their plan? Yeah, but I think another part of it is like, I never had to super like question it. Like it just, it mm-hmm. made like emotional sense, like what's yeah. going on, even though it's like, and okay, so this person's going to take the fall here. It's not big sleep confusing. You know, it's, no, it's, that's a, it's that's a whole other level. level. What yeah. the? Yeah, yeah it, it all actually ties together. Like, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it, it does. It's not. It's not just nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Despite uh, Raymond Chandler's involvement, it's yeah. not just nonsense. Yeah. Anyway, so um, Neff kind of tips Nino off for what's happening, mm-hmm. or he's just kind of like, "Go away, Nino." Yeah. Like, come on, man. Um, and we kind of get to sort of the climactic scene where uh, Neff confronts uh, Phyllis mm-hmm. with about what's going on, and. Um, so 
Well, we see Phyllis when when Neff shows up at the house and is coming to see her. We see Phyllis alone in the house, like get ready for him to get there. Put a gun under the the, the chair she's yeah. going to be sitting in. So we sort of see her basically laying in wait for him to show up. Yeah. And so as uh, uh, Neff is going, I keep on wanting to call him Jeff. Why can't he just be called <laughs> Jeff and not Neff? Who this movie the would fuck be very weird Neff? if his name was. Last name. Jeff. I know Walter. it's his last. Jeff Neff. Jeff. But Jeff Neff. Jeff Neff. <laughs> Neff is a Noah's initials. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. He's a little Neff. Neff. Aw. Start calling him that. See how that goes. <laughs> I feel bad for Noah. That <laughs> um. So anyway, there's a the part where Neff goes over to the window, and uh, you hear a bing, and he's like shot in the shoulder. Oh no. When he got shot. So my dog was like sleeping on the couch next to me. Aww. My dog like jumped and ran. <laughs> it's very loud. It's like, uh, Wilder got him. Yep. Wilder, Wilder was able to scare. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, she's shot in the shoulder. Yeah. But then, and I think I was confused the first time I watched this. Like, so she shoots this dude. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, I love you. And it's like, I can't well, shoot he, you now. Right. He says, like, shoot me again. Like, you know, you shot me. Like, shoot me again. Basically dares her to do it. And that's when she has this line about, I never loved you until, until just I now. And that's why I, the yeah, second that's why shot? I won't shoot. Yeah. The second shot. And it, it's it like, so, sense, so if you like, had better aim the first time, would have been all good. <laughs> yeah. And it made sense after, like, watching it this time and reading the Ebert essay. It's like, she's like... If I kill Neff, I'm really not going to get away with this. Yeah. Like, she realizes, like, I kind of need this guy alive, so. Yeah. Unless she can frame yeah. Nino for it. Yeah. 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 I mean, that kind of was her plan. I, I, presumably. Or at least it was going to have either frame Nino for it or have Nino help her, you know, bury the body or something. Who knows? But. I kind of assumed she was doing sort of like what um, Kathleen Turner was doing in, in Body Heat, where she's just like. The first she does the plan and then mm-hmm. she cleans up the loose ends from that plan and then she'll probably have some more loose ends but you know that's fine she'll take yeah, care of those well, as they come up yeah she'll exactly. cross that just bridge when we get there go for just go for holding the but she's already like been doing like she already yeah. when we get into the movie presumably she's already had like the husband is sort of a loose end to her getting true like yeah. she's already done a murder we we think yeah she's yeah we're we're mid murder plot yeah. frankly by the time <laughs> right <laughs> we show up yeah um yeah so basically he's like he doesn't believe her he shoots her twice mm-hmm. says goodbye says, baby goodbye baby he calls her goodbye, baby, baby a lot during the movie there's so much baby it's a great baby. great use of the word baby in this movie it it actually <laughs> works it's, it sounds so strange when he says it but in a way that like really works for the movie for some reason mm-hmm. um and that's when he uh he goes back to the office the movie hey, we're back at the beginning of the movie that's that on itself and that's when keys shows up Mm-hmm. just perfectly at the end of mm-hmm. this uh story also this whole time he's narrating it he doesn't sound like a person that's bleeding profusely out of a shoulder wound yeah he's he's waxing on like this is like an audiobook yeah. or like a a, a real a true crime podcast mm-hmm. it's good, he's, it's he's, good he's, narration he's, yeah yeah he's not just gonna um, say i did it like a <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. Like a joke. Like, it was me, and then he just see if he had just said, "Hey, it was me," and then left. Maybe he could have made it to Mexico. I don't know. 
Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's what Keys gets there. He's like, I'm going to make to Mexico. He's like, you won't even make it to the elevator. And he like walks out. He doesn't even make it. He doesn't make it out the, the door. door. He makes it to the door and then just hits he's the just ground. Yeah. And uh, the, uh, Keys is like, yeah, I'll, I'll call you an ambulance and the police. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to get the gas chamber. Which, was that a method of... Uh, yeah. Oh, until the 90s. That's... Yeah. Fucked up. Some places anyway. still have it. It's bad. <laughs> Janice says she's bouncing on her. Because <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so ball. creepy. I don't like to think about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. The, the gas chamber was a method of execution in California. Probably, into I think, into the 90s. Um, and still Wonderful. is in other states. Great. It's yeah. great. It's possible Ohio still has that. Um, yeah, cool. Cool, good times. Um, Ooh, there's something so, from... But, oh, no, never mind. Hold on. What this movie does not end with <laughs> is a scene of him in the gas chamber being executed. Um, they actually they, scripted that right, scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they yeah. filmed it, actually. I think oh. they filmed it, because, too. Yeah, and, and spent like a bunch of budget on it, and then... Yeah. Thankfully realized that this final scene was the much stronger ending. Yeah. And um it does something that I don't think I've ever seen happen in a movie pre maybe the sixties, mm-hmm. which is two white dude best friends saying I love you. Tell each other they love you. Yeah. And it's like it's wonderful. It's, yeah, and it's, it's awesome. And so one thing we haven't brought up is this recurring bit in the movie where um Neff Walter is always lighting matches for people. Um, yes, and it's so good. It's so good. It's like it. He he like strikes him on his finger. It's like he has this like very dramatic way of lighting these matches, and he does it constantly. And, and then and in the in end. the very end, he can't do it, and so Keys lights the match for him, and that's it, it, this, I love this you. Ending is the best. It's real good ending ever. It is very oh. very good. I agree. They're buds. Yeah. Yeah. Couple of they love bros, each other. Couple of bros who love each other. Yeah, Neff couldn't have just like taken the desk job. They could have been buds together. Yeah, solve, he solve uh, yeah. We didn't even talk about Keys wanting him to like be his his special assistant or whatever, and work work with him. Yeah, mm-hmm. they could have been the fraud boys, yeah. and instead, I know. Instead, it had to <laughs> it end like this. It could have been the Diamond Dogs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, now that we can all get that reference. Yeah. <sighs> yeah so uh, good ending. That's Double Indemnity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is there anything more that we really need to say about it? We need to do the Ebert. Yeah. No, I I had various notes about, like, this is a really good L.A. movie. I like to shout out good L.A. movies. Yeah, um, Lots of true. references to Glendale and Los Feliz Boulevard. And um, reference to the house being worth $30,000. This movie is set in 1938. I meant oh. to do a converter, and I forgot to do one. I, so... I did a converter yeah. on the amount of money mm-hmm. they would get. Okay. And so I think it turned out to be like, oh, man, I didn't specify. I just wrote down $1.5 million. I think that's the okay. amount that they were going to get. Okay, and transferred sense. into today, I believe it was like fifteen million. I think it was a pretty strict uh, multiply by ten. I'm getting okay. uh, thirty thousand in nineteen forty four money. Is this forty four? Do I have that year right? Thirty. No. Well, the, the movie takes place in thirty eight. Oh. Um, it came out oh. in forty four. Yeah. So thirty thousand. It, like it. it looks like I'm getting five hundred and fifty four thousand. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I found okay. too. Which. 
for the house is actually would be a wildly yeah. affordable house in the city you know of Los what? Angeles it, in 2021. It, so it's not that fancy in the end, but that, but it's believable as a house price. It'd be worth paying that price to have uh, such good uh, lighting and the shade of the, oh. the blinds. The yeah. Use, yeah, the use of blinds in this movie incredible. Venetian blinds, man. Great. Yeah, looks looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm yeah. getting they, they'd stand to make it. Was it fifty thousand or a hundred thousand that they were going to get? It was fifty. I think it was hundred. It was fifty and then doubled. And then double a hundred thousand. Yeah. yeah. So. I think it went up to one point five million. Yeah, is so, what it was. You know, murder money. Yeah. Um, I, we didn't. We didn't shout out the the, the anklet. I feel like we got to shout out. I the know. Anklet. I just, when when um, when Nick was mentioning the blinds, I was like, also the stairs and the, also that we gotta we the put, put put that in your notes, Dylan, for our eventual season finale fashion discussion. Yes. Uh, Barbara Stanwyck's anklet. I already had a note for for the. He's the he's into it. He's uh, Neff is into yeah. it. Um, yeah, I, I'm so, into his uh, ties. Is my my um fashion note for this movie he wears these little ties that like cut yeah. off like right here it's so weird <laughs> i've seen that in a lot of old movies i mean i guess I if it's under a jacket who cares but you know yeah um so ebert quotes oh sure uh, what, what do you guys have for ebert quotes? this was a so as, as i already said this was a good essay um or i really liked it because it actually made me realize that i i liked the movie more than i originally thought so and he doesn't talk about how he saw it at like some repertory screening and and billy wilder was there he just like just talking about the movie unless i missed it he doesn't mention that at all he doesn't talk about showing it shot by shot he doesn't talk about being at the premiere which obviously he wouldn't have been but like it's it's actually yeah he doesn't reference anybody else just down to Um, business yeah um, oh, okay. So what I, um, this is the paragraph that I really liked that sort of um, turned me around on it. This is long. Sorry. Um, <laughs> this is Go for it. a paragraph where he says, um, standing back from the film and what it expects us to think, I see them engaged not in romance or theft, <laughs> but in behavior. They're intoxicated <laughs> by their personal styles, styles learned in the movies and from radio and the detective magazines. It's as if they were invented by Ben Hecht through his extraordinary influence on Hollywood crime dialogue in the previous decade. Walter and Phyllis are pulp characters with little psychological depth, and that's the way Billy Wilder wants it. His best films are sardonic comedies, and in this one, Phyllis and Walter play a bad joke on themselves. Mm-hmm. Good. So the reason why Jen and I kind of just giggled is <laughs> because I pulled a book up and showed that I had <laughs> the same paragraph. thing pulled up. Yeah. Because uh, Nick forgot that we were in an audio media. <laughs> that was just that was Again. just no that, that was, was just for, for you guys. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, yeah, sorry, that's why I laughed. But yeah, I mean that's that that paragraph for me just like really unlocked the movie where I was like, oh, that's kind of why they don't feel like people, but they're not. They're not. They're embodying these archetypes. Um, I think very successfully. Right. Yeah, I had the same yeah. thing. That's a it's a great paragraph. Yeah. That was my main uh thing too. But the one I had specifically circled were both are attracted not so much by the crime as by the thrill of committing it with the other person. Love and money are pretenses, the husband's death turns out to be their one night stand. Mm-hmm. Which ooh Yeah, it's good. That's a great way to describe it. Uh, Love great. it. Um, yeah, so we're going to go up to thumbs up, thumbs down, uh, Jana. Thumbs up. Nick. Thumbs up. Me. Up. Um, and then out of four, Nick. All four. Jana. I was, I was three and a half pre-reading the Ebert essay, but now I'm going all four. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm 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 still three and a half. Fair enough. It, it's it's close, but uh, not not that perfect third man sort of noir that. Uh, I like, yeah. I like or the out pul- of the past. I like the out pulpiness. of the past. I want you yeah, to. I want you to see this movie again, close, without that silly three and a half star review between you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh. You know my other, uh. the, the other. I love that line, but also the line where uh, Keys says, "It's not twice as when two people commit a crime together. It's not twice as uh. safe. It's." half twice as dangerous or something like that. something yeah <laughs> he says something that's just like nonsense something like, that like nonsense thing to make the point that whenever there's a conspiracy that you're more likely to screw things up but yeah the way the, he says it is wild I, I, yeah I, I can't think of the exact line i'm gonna see if it's on on imdb because it's a great line but i'm just gonna butcher mm-hmm. it if i try to do it on my own well i did yeah. i did butcher it already so um Anyway, so while, while Nick's at least looking that up, it isn't. Tw- what is it? It isn't twice as safe. It's ten times twice as dangerous. Uh-huh. You know, sure that tracks. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so moving on to recent watches, uh, Jana, what did you watch since we last talked? Um. So since we last talked, um, I watched only two movies. I uh, had oh, a wow. had a couple day long power outage in the midst of oh, our, that's right, which really threw a wrench into a lot of my um, both movie and TV watching. I'm watching some more TV like layback stuff but um since we last talked the two movies i watched were a rewatch of oceans 12 good movie better than mm-hmm. the first time i'd watched it i'm heck yeah slowly embarking on on watching more soderbergh movies and i've seen oceans 12 but just once as opposed to the like 100 times i've seen oceans 11 and like 50 times i've seen oceans 13 um <laughs> so i had to revisit oceans 12 um and then a new movie that I watched was The Kid Detective, a little Canadian indie sort of dark comedy, sort of mystery thriller um, starring Adam Brody that is super good and I highly recommend. Yeah, I, I watched it too and I like, I keep wanting to describe it as it's, a fun movie, but it's also like, it's got some dark so shit. So what there. I keep warning people about, because um, I watched it thinking it was going to be kind like more of a dark comedy. It mm-hmm. is pretty heavy. Um, mm. It's it deals with some really serious stuff, um, and it has funny moments. But like, it has a lot of funny moments. It has a lot of funny moments, mm-hmm. but like, it is not like it's not like a jokey time. Um, no, it's, it's kind of it's like. At first I was watching it, I thought it would be a little bit like Veronica Mars. It's a little bit like Veronica Mars, but the tone is even darker. And, like, Veronica Mars does some dark stuff. So, like, it's um, – I do recommend it. I just have been warning my, my friends who were interested in it. Like, just go in with the right mindset. Don't think it's going to be, like, a fun afternoon at the movies. Um, but it's good. It's it's really well done, and it's just, like, this little tiny Canadian movie I feel like no one talked about from last year. So it's it's, it's nice. available to rent on, on all the places. Yeah uh nick what did you watch i've watched a lot of shit so it's been like two weeks since we recorded or are we just gonna do the last yeah Yeah. okay uh so i'm gonna try to uh blow through these real fast so i watched the last three lone wolf and cub movies i watched the private life of a cat which i think you had mentioned dylan is a dying yeah i was asking about the cat one yeah it was the next one on the list um and what i just real quickly what did you think of the cat one i like the cat one the cat one was very good good uh it's more conventional than some of her other stuff i think um Mm-hmm. I watched Hopscotch, the Walter Matthau movie. I watched Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. 
uh, rewatched Star Wars. I watched a bunch of Dracula stuff, which we'll Wait. get to. Oh, I mean, that's that's on my list for this week is uh, Dracula yeah. catch up. Um, I watched A Dog's Will, which is really good. I do not like the American title of it. I prefer the uh, the Brazilian title, O Auto da Compa de Cida. Much I was very confused when you told me you'd watched A Dog's, a dog's Will because I've just seen the poster that has the, the Brazilian title on it. And so I had no idea yeah. what movie that was. But uh, Yeah, I would not have. Uh, I, I would not and, have uh, able to spell that title correctly. Yeah. Let me uh, hold on. We can edit this part out. But uh, Brazilian Portuguese to English. The actual um, title is on the Wikipedia page. It's like um, the self's compassionate. Or the compassion itself, I'm assuming, is the better way to write. Uh, let me see. It's uh, literally the compassionate woman's play, the woman referring mm. to the Virgin Mary. Cool. Uh, what else? Uh, she wore a yellow ribbon, the John Ford, John Wayne movie. Clash. Oh, what'd you think of that? <laughs> really Sorry. good. Okay. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, I love Technicolor movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Clash by Night. Uh, which also had Barbara Stanwyck in it. Heck yeah! And it had a a, a young Marilyn Monroe in it, like pre um, stardom Marilyn Monroe. Hm. Let's see what else. Ritual and Transfigured Time, which is another Maya Darren. I watched Assault on Precinct Thirteen. I watched. By the way, for some reason, when you said you watched Assault on Precinct 13, I had like a really funny joke I was going to make. And then I realized I was thinking of The Taking of Pelham 123, which is a totally <laughs> different movie. That's a cool movie, too. So speaking yeah. of uh, having watched Hopscotch and you mentioning Taking of Pelham 123, last night we watched Charade, which is another Walter Matthau movie. <sighs> sure. And then we watched The Kid Detective a couple nights ago, and I watched My Night at Mods a few nights ago, which was incredible. Nice. Yeah. So what did you watch, Dylan? I Oh, before I do mine, I wanted to mention that before this movie came out, there was actually another Barbara Stanwyck, Fred McMurray movie hmm. called Remember the Night. Hmm. Sounds so, cool. That's got a cool title. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good title. Yeah. Um, just, uh, I meant to mention that earlier, but when you brought up that you would watch another Barbara Stanwyck movie, that that jogged my memory to say that. Uh, okay, this week, I kind of had a lot too, but I'll blow through pretty quickly. I watched two Charles Burnett movies, uh, The Killer of Sheep and Sleep with Anger, both of which are insanely good. Um, and Janet needs to watch immediately because they're highly LA, LA movies. movies. All right. Especially Killer of Sheep, but... I actually like to sleep with anger a little bit more, even though I think mm-hmm. it's a bit of a hot take. Uh, talking about another hot take, uh, wasn't a fan of Shirley. It was okay. Ew. I was very. I don't think that's I a know, hot. I, was, I don't think that's a hot take. I, I yeah. can I can see not really? vibing. Yeah, I can see not vibing with it. Like it's. Mm. Um. Did you Did you see Madeline's Madeline? The direct that director. No, I haven't. That and everyone raved about well, that, and then a lot of the people I follow on Letterbox were like very divisive. I would yeah. say. Um. I that's one of those oh. ones where back when we were allowed to go to the theaters, I would drag Matt to the like local tiny 
theater that would play movies like Madeline's mm-hmm. Madeline and he doesn't know <laughs> I'm just like you want to go to a movie on Friday night it's supposed to be good he's like okay and that was one of those ones where he's like what why? like what? why what <laughs> and the, the, by the way the, the other time he reacted like that is when I took him to see American Honey which uh, was, I love American oh. Honey I love American Honey too um, um, but I, I, you know I like, I like Madeline's Madeline but it's also like it's about kid kids like acting acting Theater teams which, which i have a lot of just like yeah i, I don't know yeah and so Sh- shirley's more conventional than madeline's madeline um oh, okay it, it, it's the thing but it's you know it's still kind of a strange tone um but the thing is most of the people i follow on letterboxd rave about both shirley and madeline's I, I madeline. love them both. So I, I went in with shirley like super high yeah. super excited and was just like it's good i loved it um I am, sorry, brief tangent, hoping to finally watch uh, Invisible Man tonight so I can mm. knock out another the, Elizabeth Moss. No, the, the Elizabeth Moss one, the, oh. the 2020. Um, That's right. It's, I'm, a, I'm about to be that. buckling down and the, uh, sorry, I'm just tangenting now. The, <laughs> the Film Independent Spirit Awards nominations were announced this past oh, week. Oh, yeah. So now mm. I have like a real to-do list of movies I need to catch up with. And Invisible Man got a nomination for Best Editing uh, at the Indie Spirits. So it's supposed I, to be good. I, it's one that it's I keep putting really off, good. but yeah. I've heard it's yeah. quite good. I mean, yeah. Elizabeth Moss. I love Elizabeth Moss. I love She's Elizabeth so Moss so much. I do too. You didn't like and her in this. Weirdly, though, one of the, one of the things I didn't like about Shirley was Elizabeth Moss. Really? Which, that's crazy. That's the first time I've ever felt that. Oh, in my I think life. she's so good in it. I like yeah. that's my favorite. I think her performance is my favorite part. Some of the other stuff I can I can take early, but her and Stuhlbarg both. Um, I can really yeah. leave Logan Lerman. Oh, Logan Lerman. <laughs> that's just, that's the that's fuck? the worst casting I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, even with have you seen um lo, any like Logan Lerman in real life? I saw him doing like some Zoom Zoom press for Shirley. Dude has like silver in his hair. Um, what? <laughs> I know. That doesn't make um, sense. So I feel like, I mean, he's, he's 30, 29, like he's young, um, but he's like, I don't know. I, I can see where they thought they could maybe make it work. Um, but yeah. He, it's... he just, he, he was so bland. I, Do you guys I, not I like, really him like, like him generally? I like him generally. I don't know that I've seen those. him in anything else. Um, I've seen him in Percy Jackson, the Olympians. Uh, Perks of being a wallflower? I'm no. not a Perks of being the wallflower fan. I, like, I really like Oh, he's him. in Riding in Cars with Boys. I know that's Wait, one of the oh, things I saw last night. He must like, have been really. Is, is he, he one of the he's boys? An eight year old. He's one of the boys. He must be like five years old or something. I guess maybe. Yeah, eight. he he yeah. played someone at he, age. He's eight. one of the boys. He's a titular boy. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably, somebody rides in a car with him. Uh, um, sorry. sorry, Dylan. Go back telling us about anyway. what you uh, watched this week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. I I have a question when you're done, but keep going. Okay. Um, I watched. I have a new Thursday night movie group. Um, I watched Mikey and Nikki last week and Hyenas this week, um, both of which are awesome, especially Hyenas. I just second time watching it. Just is wow. that on Criterion the 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 channel? No, no. it's like rentable. It's just it's rentable okay. on Amazon. Oh, it now. used to be on um, Criterion. Yeah, I think, I think come it, and go. yeah. I was gonna oh. say it, it must come and go. Though you know what, I bet it'll be back soon because. Um, the Tukibuki. Yeah, Tukibuki's coming out mm-hmm. by the same director. So, so they'll yeah, pro- they'll do it. They uh, probably pulled it in anticipation for redropping it um, mm-hmm. for some yeah. Betty stuff. Uh, um, yeah, and I, I had seen it originally on YouTube on like a 360p mm. really bad. Like I couldn't even see some of the subtitles sometimes. It was a pretty poor print. And this one was like 4K. Looked so good. 
It was so good. Um, nice. I was feeling down one night, so I rewatched Hedgehog in the Fog, which is the best. Um, I saw a Sunday in the Country, which was really good. Um, that's an 80s movie. And then the last thing I watched was The Midnight Sky, which was absolutely terrible. Did you see that Midnight so Sky is on like the, the NBR uh, list? Yeah, the NBR <laughs> list. They always do something wild. And, uh, and I you was know, just like, good, what the I, hell? You gotta were mix you it smoking? up. Um, yeah, that made me laugh so hard in Midnight Sky. Good thing I'm not an NBR completionist because I'm not watching that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to bother with that. If you, if you guys don't mention, like, I'm going to do a small spoiler. There is a scene where there's a sing along of Sweet Caroline in space and then someone gets murdered. That's fine. <laughs> sure. Um, I just, that whole scene, I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. Uh, yeah. So that was everything I watched. Uh, what was the thing oh, you were going to ask me, I was going to ask, um, neither of you guys have watched Promising Young Woman yet, right? No, no but coming up, it, it's still only, it's still $20 it still? to rent. Oh. It's still, yeah, I've been waiting for it to drop because I assume it'll yeah. drop relatively soon. I am not so. paying $20, especially that that one is being very divisive. And I yeah, don't that's why when you mentioned divisive that's... movies, because I'm like that one, like, I have to like really try to not take personally. <laughs> people's reactions to that movie because i loved it so much and i know it's divisive um Mm -hmm. but i i can you know i'm trying to be like i understand that other people may not feel the same way about this movie but oh my god i loved it i i read a comment about it that i'm mm -hmm. like trying not to prejudge it because of this and it even says that it's not that but i'm like i just need to like find a way to uh like uh eternal sunshine it out of my head and somebody said that it's not a joker for women. Oh, because now you're worried that means that it is? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm like, that's, that's it's, I, I don't even know where that those, would come from. I know, I know. I just read is that, it, but, it, scene, but it like... There's a scene in the movie where she sloppily where she wipes, applies yeah. makeup to her face. Like, that would be the only yeah. thing. Isn't that, that one like, of the posters, even? And, there's, and it's one of the posters, yeah. yeah but no, yeah, I no, 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 no. That's, like, that's I, I a saw that, wild take. I'm very mad at whoever even thought to say that. Yeah, no, but they were even, I forget who it was. It might have been on Letterboxd, but they were even mm-hmm. saying, like, I've seen this criticism of it thrown, and mm-hmm. I'm just rejecting that, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. this is not a female Joker. And I was like, no. okay. whoa, that, like, that's rude. A, 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 rude. That's alarm true. bells. Yeah. But it's saying um, no, it's I not, mean, but it's, right. but, like, that's just a stone in my shoe now. So I'm going to need yeah, to, like, yeah, purge, that's purge that from. No, from, I mean, uh, and you'll, you'll see. I love Carrie Mulligan. I love Carrie Mulligan so much. <gasps> I know. I'm so just good in this movie um the casting is unbelievable um yeah so anyway i just i couldn't remember i i figured you guys hadn't watched it but like my uh, it's it's very it's, very, very, it's way divisive my very unfun carrie mulligan fact is that she is one day older than me oh that's fun oh that's it's, it's not fun that's that is not <laughs> that fun. is fun it's not wrong it's not fun at all <laughs> oh, no. am, am i gonna meet her someday and be like Hey, you know we almost have the same birthday. She'd be like, get away. <laughs> okay, from me. well, when you say it like that, um, but yeah. And then Mark Marcus Mumford will hit you with. I was gonna say right then. No, Marcus Mumford I don't will have you thrown out of wherever you are. I don't think he would. I feel like Marcus Mumford and I would get along. We just talk about uh, Lou and Davis, and I was gonna say the, yeah. Between the two, you could just hang out with them and just talk about <laughs> Lou and Davis in general. Yeah. I bet they're a cool couple to hang out with. Is that where they met? Um, I, I assume know, that's how. In it, got but the maybe, they, maybe they, yeah. Yeah, but they, they would be in like sort of production, yeah. probably meetings and sort of post-production stuff I'm together. doing a timing fact check on their uh, this, uh, marriage. Uh, um, too. 
Oh, they've been married since 2012. Oh, and so and the movie came out in 2013. So it it's kind of all around the same time there. Yeah. Who knows. I thought that was inside Lewin Davis. They were childhood pen pals who lost touch and reconnected as adults. Oh, my God. A few weeks after wrapping production on the film Inside Lewin Davis, they got married. Adorable. Legends. But that's that's a cooler story. I'm I'm glad I went to Wikipedia to look that up. That's a cooler story than I was expecting. They named their daughter Evelyn, just like I did. But then they named their son Wilfred, which you did not do. (laughs) No, we did not. We did not go with Wilfred. Yeah, but Eve- Evelyn. I feel like Evelyn is it a hot name? I feel like it's a it, like it's, a it's a up there those, rising in the ranks. Those like old timey names, the names that are like mostly women who are seventy or eighty now. Margot are, are all very and pop. like yeah. Uh, my niece's name. Ethel. I, my my nieces are named uh, Margot and Charlotte. My daughter is named Evelyn. Those oh, are wow. all very I just threw Margot names. out randomly. That's funny. <laughs> yep. Oh, I wonder if Ethel will come around. I, why did they ever name someone Ethel, Ethel at any point know. in history is beyond me. <sighs> All right. Well, now we've also listed girls' um, names, so we're yep. doing great. <laughs> wonderful. Are we done? This is a wonderful podcast. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I think, I think, I think we hit all the key points and many non-key points. <laughs> yeah. So what's coming up? Anyway. What's coming up next? Oh, oh it's... Uh, Dracula. Is it Duck Soup? Dracula. Oh, it's Dracula, yeah. I've, yeah. I'm very excited to talk about all the other Dracula adaptions. Okay, well, that'll go. So my, my week is going to be movies nominated for indisp- indi- independent spirit nominees, like, <laughs> and Dracula movies. Oh, that was something I wanted to tell you, is if you're watching Invisible Man and you're watching Dracula, you should do the original Invisible Man. I know. Is it James Whale also? Invisible Fuck Man? yeah, okay. I meant to watch it last year and didn't, so. It's awesome. That movie's so good. So, uh. You should. You should All uh, right. I will try to that. make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> I try to make a lot of things happen. All right. Um, I think we're done. That's it. Yeah. And Nick's frozen. Oh, yeah. he's back. He's back. Okay. Nope, uh, I'm back. Hi. Hello. Uh, Roger out. <laughs> How do we end this podcast? Roger out. <laughs> Hello and Roger out. And when I go to the movies. I am that person on the screen. I am having vicariously an experience that happened to someone else. And that makes me a better person. That to see good films and to see important films is one of the most profoundly civilized experiences that we can have as people. Um, He also, he comes home and he's like getting ready for his next day. Um, he mentions what he's having for breakfast, and I'm going to ask you guys: What does Fred McMurray have for breakfast in this movie? Did I write that down? No, I can't remember. I don't remember. He says it's a squeezed grapefruit breakfast. So just some grapefruit juice. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> kind of breakfast is that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I say like old old tiny foods are uh, a different I, kind of thing. It's just. <laughs> The food pyramid, man. Yeah, you know, ugh, getting wasting all the good vitamins in the in the skin of the grapefruit. Just, I don't like grapefruit. Grapefruit's pretty good. I don't like. I like. It. I like. I like grapefruit a lot. Mm. Pro grapefruit. I like pro grapefruit. I like fresca. Fresca's okay, good. No. Um, no, I just, I just like all oh, this is talking about. You want to talk about really scintillating <laughs> podcast conversation? I just like citrus. <laughs> Lemon, lime, grapefruit, here for all of it. 
I think it depends for me. Grapefruit's the best citrus, though. Um, yeah, this oh, is titillating. Orange. Um, yes. <laughs> you can cut this out and put it at the end. <laughs> you do not need to have our ranking of citrus fruits in the middle of the Double Indemnity podcast. That shit can go. Post credits. Uh, maybe. Maybe not. Oh, no. Um, 